everybody. What is going on? You know what time it is. You're listening to Join the Journey podcast with your host, Emma Daughter. Thanks for joining and Merry Christmas. I am in the podcast studio with two delightful gentlemen, Mr. David Cho. What's up, guys? And our Watermark Men's Equipping Director, Mr. Bobby Crotty. Hey, glad to be here. I'm so glad you're here. We are studying Revelation. It's December, Christmas time. Before we jump in, I thought it would be fun. I actually just thought of this right now. When you were a kid, both of you growing up, I want to get to know you guys. What was the one Christmas present you couldn't wait to receive as young boys? What what was that present? For me, it was a, a giant pink dollhouse from Costco. <laughs> but um, what about you two? I've got two that are memorable. One was my first baseball mitt that baseball. was— Ooh. Uh, really uh, a great myth that I played with for a long time. And the second was a twenty two rifle, oh, which nice. was a great gift, totally unexpected from my dad for when I was probably 10 or 11. Cool. And uh, got lots of use out of that twenty two. Nice. Nice. David? Mine are not as sentimental, but uh, I remember it when I was little, I had this huge, like maybe— your textbook-sized RC car that was blue, and I named him Carlos. Carlos, the RC know, car. I don't know where Carlos went. I really don't. I think I lost him after like six months. But. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, on that note, I say we dive into Revelation. Let's do. It's December. We're reading this book, a chapter or two chapters a day. And for a lot of people, I'm guessing Revelation is pretty daunting. What encouragement would you two gentlemen have for those who are a little bit nervous? Or timid? My encouragement is stop being nervous. Oh, oh, okay. (laughs) stop. (laughs) Why? (laughs) I mean. Actually, there's a verse. uh, John actually uh, talks about this a little bit. He says, blessed is the one who reads aloud the words of this prophecy, right? Blessed are the ones who hear and who keep what is written in it for the time is near. And so no need to be nervous, but excitement to be blessed. Uh, That's a great promise. Yeah. That's what I hear. Um, But one day, uh, all who believe in Christ will have an opportunity to stand before him. And one of the things I would say uh, to your audience, Emma, is that if you want to know your Savior, then go read the book of Revelation. Mm. It is about Jesus from start to finish, the very first verse to the very last verse. And uh, if you read this book, not only will you be blessed, as David indicated, uh, that's Revelation 1-3, but you will also walk away knowing your Savior before you uh, stand before Him. I love it. Well, let's let's talk about the contents of this book that help us know our Savior. So, if I've never read this, I, I know that there's some interesting things, 666, the beast, the Antichrist, one day Jesus is coming back, a big war, but but frame up for me how this book is organized. Let's start with chapter one. It gives us an outline, I think, of the whole book. Okay. 119 uh, says that John is told to write the things that he has seen, the things that are, and the things that will take place after these things. And um, I think chapter one gives us the things that John has seen. He sees a vision of the risen Christ, one like a son of man. Uh, that's Revelation 1, 12 through 16. 
And uh, uh, then he's told to write the things that uh, are. And chapters 2 and 3 are the letters to the seven churches that uh, are the recipients of John's letter. Interestingly, they were located along the major postal route for that particular area. Think uh, modern-day Turkey. It was uh, a way for this word to be disseminated as quickly as possible. And uh, the seven churches to whom the letter is addressed are addressed specifically in chapters 2 and 3. And Jesus uh, gives instructions to the church. He challenges the church. He provides promises to each of the different churches. And um, he also tells us that, hey, these are things that the church down through the ages should listen to. And then chapters 4 through 22 are the future things, the things that shall take place after these things. And interestingly, uh, beginning in Revelation 4, verse 1, it even begins with the same phrase, after these things. And so the metatauta is the the Greek, and uh, uh, it identifies that, hey, here's where the future things start. Hmm. And so that's what I use as an outline, and it lets you know whether you're in kind of the past, present, or future. That's really helpful. Let's camp out on the future things, because I, I'd guess that brings the most uncertainty. What study tips, David and Bobby both, as you read through these, how would you coach someone who's never read Revelation 4 through 22 before to best observe, interpret, and apply these passages? What would you say, David? Yeah, um, I think what was really helpful for me was kind of seeing the structure in which uh, John is told to write this book. And so uh, there's three sets of seven judgments. Um, There's in between those judgments, there's a grace interlude. And, And then the last four chapters, starting with the fall of Babylon, there is the final stage of the uh, end of the world. And so you get the fall of Babylon, uh, the marriage supper of the Lamb, Christ coming down, his second return, the setting up of the millennial kingdom, and then eternity. So would you say it's helpful as you you read, a helpful practice could be to kind of write out that outline and, and ask yourself with every chapter, okay, where in the outline or the timeline does this passage fall? Is that a good practice? Yeah, absolutely. And I think one of the overall things you have to decide is, how am I going to approach this book? Hmm. What do you mean by that? Am I going to take it as um, these are literal things, or is this symbolic of something else? And the normal uh, approach we have to Scripture at Watermark is that Unless there's a reason in the text why we should not take things literally, then we our, our natural predilection would be to take them literally. Hmm. But if you read Jesus saying, I am the bread of life, we don't think he's a loaf of bread. Right. So we take that as a figure of speech. In the uh, Apocalypse, Book of Revelation, you got to figure out, all right, is this meant to be symbolic or is this meant to be taken literally? And Again, I would suggest that uh, unless there is evidence within the text itself why we should take it uh, symbolically, that we ought to apply a literal, um, normal hermeneutic method of interpretation of what's written there. One of the reasons I would offer for doing that is that 
think about Jesus' first coming. There are a bunch of prophecies in the Old Testament about that that he literally fulfilled, I believe. Yeah, and his first coming would be Christmas. That would be Christmas. There we go. We we got to Christmas. <laughs> so why would we expect him not to literally fulfill the prophecies of his second coming and the events that are associated with those things? And so uh, I look at it as uh, uh, an opportunity to go, all right, Lord, there's some crazy judgments that go on in the three sets of seven that David talked about. And I would suggest that there are a lot of ways that those could be fulfilled. And I would not be surprised if ultimately those are fulfilled in some manner of a literal uh, fulfillment. Wow. That's awesome. I think we've got about one minute left. So really quickly, I just want to touch on this idea of creativity. As you're talking about these prophecies being fulfilled, there's some descriptions throughout this book that are maybe hard for us to imagine, to what extent do you think our own creativity should be applied as we imagine these different scenarios? Well, um, it's one of the things that I would say, hey, you always want to be comparing and contrasting Scripture. Hmm. And so I think you need to ask yourself, how does what I am imagining line up with other Scriptures? Okay. Uh, It is interesting to look at some of these judgments and see how they mirror or they reflect similar sorts of things happening in the plagues of Egypt in the book of Exodus. Hmm. And so, you know, what you're imagining, how does it line up with what we know uh, about plagues and judgments in the rest of Scripture? David, what would you add to that? Yeah. Um, And just— Know that uh, the audience that is reading this letter, uh, they are from a different time period and a different culture. And so doing our best and doing our little homework and kind of downloading their perspective and seeing how they would imagine it too, uh, which is harder than uh, I say it is. Yeah. I'm going to—I know I said one more question, but I've got another one. So this is the last one. And I've got one closing thought for you. Okay, great. So we got two things. We'll go a little longer. It's the intro to Revelation. We can we it's, can break the rules. It's a little Christmas bit. too. Yeah, it's Christmas. <laughs> well, that Christmas. actually <laughs> is is my question. We're reading Revelation in December. You mentioned that we see all of these prophecies fulfilled in regard to Christ's first coming. Why why is it worth reading Revelation and Christmas time? Why would that be a valuable choice? A valuable way someone could spend their time reading Revelation in the month of December? Well, that's a great question. And if you want to know the one who came Christmas time long ago, um, this book is one of the very best books for being able to do that. And it also fits in with, you know, my closing point, and that is that we put our stake in the ground on the fact that Jesus is coming back Hmm. and how the other things related to that uh, happen. We hold those loosely, our views of it. Uh, There are dear brothers and sisters in Christ who hold uh, differing views, and that's okay. But what has marked historic Christianity for 2,000-plus years is a belief that Jesus is coming back in a literal, physical, bodily return that will make us— Uh, appreciate Christmas, but uh, see this as a much grander fulfillment of uh, the end times in the return of Christ. That's awesome, Bobby. 
David and Bobby, thank you both for being here. I think this was really helpful. I will see you, David, back for Revelation 12 and 13. Yeah, yeah. And then you'll both be back as we wrap up the book of Revelation, chapter 22. So as always, I am so glad we're all on this journey reading the Bible together. Hey, we want to thank you for listening, and we hope you enjoyed the episode. Did you know that you can help support Join the Journey by rating and reviewing this podcast? And if you're willing, we'd love it if you subscribe, because the more you download, the easier it will be for new friends to find the podcast.